Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, January 20th, 2023. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? My name is Quinn and this is my show. We're coming to you live from the podcasting corner here on the north side of Chicago. It's become kind of my new spot. Uh, particularly on, you know, Friday afternoon. I guess it's evening now. It's 6 p.m. already. Gosh, the day kind of, the day was weird. It got away from me. I was not doing much today uh, because I'm working, I'm working tomorrow on Saturday, which is a bummer. So for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking care of things as they come in that need to be taken care of. But beyond that, it's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to just kind of relax a little bit and not knowing that I have got to be you know downtown tomorrow by 7.45 in the morning. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, going to the grocery store to pick up dinner, going on a, you know, a, doing a workout, playing some Tune Blast, getting a 45, I, I already mentioned my workout, going to the 7-Eleven and get Rachel and I some Diet Cokes. An extra crisp Diet Coke today. Man, it tastes good. And next thing, and it's time to podcast. So with that in mind, we're going to be very efficient, right to the point today. It's not going to be a bloated episode because I want to finish up and cook some supper. I'm pretty hungry. My my lunch, my lunches this week were, and granted there have been some some significant snackage. Uh, outside of this, particularly yesterday, Rachel brought home a cookie from uh, a local company here. I think it's a Chicago thing. I don't know, but it's called Sweet Mandy Bees. It was this gigantic cookie that I had. Had some sweets from the staff lounge in the office yesterday. I had, you know, Pop Tart. Uh, I even had my Dunkin' Latte. So yesterday was a fall off the wagon kind of day. So we're back on. But my lunch, lunch this week, I've, I've, I've been going on a nut craze. Call me the nut. But a lot of, uh, well, first it was uh, cashews, and then I would throw three chocolate-covered pretzels in there in my little Ziploc bag, and then all that with a banana. And then this week, you know, because of just the cashew shortage and just prices being out of control, I've switched over to to, uh, trail mix, which, so you got your raisins, your almonds, your cashews, uh... I think that's pretty much it. This mix I had didn't have any uh, M&Ms or anything. You know what I want is a trail mix, but half M&Ms, half Reese's Pieces. Pieces, Pieces, Pisces, Reese's, 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 Pisces, the fish. That's me. That's my, that's my sign. Shout out to, uh, she's actually there's a she's related to the show in that she's been on before uh one of my my exes on our first date uh was at Seinfeld Trivia in Baltimore you all recall how I was a big trivia head in in my Baltimore days and I still love trivia I just don't play organized trivia too frequently uh but you know back then you you know young tall dark and handsome my early 20s just had a lot more free time and lived in Baltimore where everything was, you know, close. You could walk places. Not not so much the case in Chicago as much. But on our first date, it was just, I mean, that whole relationship was super weird. She brought her roommate, who is great, very kind, nice person. But then I was getting grilled the whole time about uh, my my horoscope signs they were asking what's your sign i said i don't know so that's my birthday march 16th apparently that's pisces reese's pisces and then they're like well your mar your your mercury's in retrograde your mars is rising your moon is a uh you know eclipsed by the moon kind of thing and she had this whole book and everything it wasn't even just like the phone app it was a book um and i think we ended up doing pretty well in seinfeld trivia i don't really know but uh, I definitely got scoped out, and of course, that relationship didn't last very long, uh, for a whole slew of reasons. But I hope, I hope they're both in a happy place now. Uh, one of them's a lawyer, one of them's a a teacher. Oh, anyways, that was that was crazy. But I want to get to uh, 
what we're talking about today, I want to mention that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Town podcast. Number one, we'll kid you some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. And then also, hello and uh, assalamu alaikum to our friends in uh, Pakistan, Khyber Pass, Hyderabad, uh, Calcutta, Mumbai, wherever you're listening. Hello. Thank you for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the nation, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, or whatever it is. We've looked it up before, and I did not retain that information. That's something I think about frequently, because I spend just a, a, a ton of time on my phone or on my laptop, on Wikipedia mostly, but you know whatever informative site you want it to be, just reading about things geography related history related actors and actresses television shows entertainment in general just you know i i think a lot of people do this especially on wikipedia with all the hyperlinks kind of going down the rabbit hole but man i probably especially if it's after like 10 p.m at night I'm probably retaining like five percent of the stuff I'm reading. I will say I spent a I spent a long amount of time, maybe two or three nights ago, uh, from a Reddit thread reading up on the nation of Nauru, N A U R U, which don't let me forget. Excuse me. Uh, in fact, we'll do this live on the air. I I always play because I work from home on Fridays is why it hasn't happened yet. But I typically play my three phone games. Uh, word-related games, Wordle-centric games, Wordle and its two spinoffs. When I'm on the train in the morning, that's when I do my three, which are Wordle, Wordle, and Quordle. And I haven't done it today because I work from home, and so I I didn't have that routine. We're going to play those live on air in a second. So if if you end up listening to this hours after it comes out before we move to Saturday's games and you haven't played yet, there will be a whole slew of spoilers for those three games. But I wanted to to say that I, sp- I spent like 20 minutes reading about Nauru, and it's a country that I'm aware of, and I know that it's been, you know, super small, very, uh, very few people, and it's been strip mined, but I really did some digging in, read more about like the history. There was a civil war back in, I think, the 17th, 18th, 19th century, something like that. I gave myself a wide berth, so I wouldn't be wrong. Um, and it killed like a third of their population and it lasted 10 years, which is crazy. Like, how can you have a, how can you have a civil war amongst 2000 people that last 10 years? It's the island is so small. You think that would be done in like two, it'd be one of those things like the Falkland war that's done in like three days, you know, cause it's like, well, who else are we going to shoot? Where else are we going to go? This now, now, N A U R U U U U U N U U U I don't know. Civil War lasts like ten years, which is crazy. Before the Germans came in, of all people, like how the heck did the Germans get all the way down there in the South Pacific? They came in and took care of business and kind of had their way with those now ruins. So. You know what would be cool? And they probably have some of these because of all the strip mining. The runes of Nauru. <laughs> That's like a 30 Rock rural juror kind of thing. I think I could make a kick-ass Windows XP era video game. I'm thinking like, remember that game Riddle of the Sphinx, which was like an adventure puzzle solving kind of first person POV game for PC. And apparently there is a sequel which I never played, but we had the original. I don't think anyone, any of my brothers or I ever beat that game. In fact, I'm, I'm fairly confident no one did. Um, but so I'm thinking that style complete with all the frustrating puzzles and click on this and nothing happens, uh, kind of gameplay, but it'd be called the runes of Nauru. (laughs) R U I N S. Are you listening? It's me, Margaret, uh, space, O-F space N-A-U-R-U, Runes of Nauru. Okay, let's move on here. It's a good idea. We're going to have more ideas later on in the podcast. We're going to have a trivia question uh, related to what we're talking about today, which is the bathroom. It's actually it's kind of a half and half, more like a third and third, because we've already spent 10 minutes on who knows what, Runes of Nauru. Uh, but we're going to be talking uh, Quinn's bathroom adventures in a second here, some recent, some old, and then... <laughs> 
It just sounds fun when you say it, bathroom adventures. And then we're going to uh, wrap it up with um, a new idea I came up with. That's that's the beauty of this podcast. We can have nothing to say until about two hours before showtime, and all of a sudden I've got a solid 10 minutes. And so it's going to be new innovative ideas, which we do our big ideas podcast like once a year kind of ad hoc. It's never super like it's not like oh that happens every may um it just kind of happens uh but this is kind of a miniature version of that so first let's play worldle so i'll get this is it's tough when you're doing audio so i try to be as descriptive as i can now i'll I'll say this it's an eastern european country a southeastern european country that has a very distinct shape um it it has a long coastline Along the Mediterranean Sea, and more specifically, I guess that's the uh, is that the Aegean Sea. I I sometimes, and when I say sometimes, no, not the Aegean Sea, must be the Adriatic Sea. I get my Mediterranean Sea seas uh, like an email mixed up every once in a while. Yes, it's the Adriatic Sea. The Adriatic is. I just got to remember because when I hear Aegean, I instantly think Greek islands, which is the case. Aegean is like Greece and Turkey. Adriatic is the one between Italy and Croatia and some of those other loser countries. No, I don't mean any offense to those guys. Um, so it's a very distinct shape. Looks like someone's, uh, more specifically, Bosnia and Herzegovina is taking a bite out of it. It is, of course, our good friends, the Croats, Croatia. And if you know what Croatia looks like just by picturing it in your mind, you know that you'd be able to get that real quick, too. Okay, now we got to guess the neighbors of Croatia. And they give you the images, but they're sometimes hard to see. So we know that one of the neighbors is Slovenia, right? Because Slovenia is the one that's kind of in between Italy and Croatia. Yes, Slovenia is one of them. I already said Bosnia is taking a bite out of Croatia, so that's another one. Um, other other than that in Croatia, as we go down, maybe Albania is kind of between those guys. Nope, it's not. It's always a always tough. Maybe Kosovo is in there. My southeastern... No, Kosovo is not. Okay, we got to get serious here. My Kosovo geography is not uh I, i'm not particularly or um, my southeastern europe geography is not something i'm particularly proud of it's just you know i know the general happenings but i don't know all the specifics i you know you can show me a map you can ask me which country is this which country is that i can i can tell it to you but just trying to picture this in my head from memory it's a little bit tricky so well, I was bitching, I guess Serbia, and that was right. So I, let's just guess Montenegro, too. You might as well throw it in there. Montenegro is also right. So there's one left. Uh, could it be North Macedonia, perhaps? Perhaps. Uh, no, it's not. That's further down by Greece. So there, we got one guess left, um, and I want to make sure I get to go to the next round. So before I Google it, I'm not – basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to Google to uh, – make sure I get it right. But before I do the Google search, I'll take a guess to see if that was right without actually entering the guess. Um, let's see, maybe there's, so I'm trying to think how it goes. Slovakia is way up there and then it goes Hungary and then Czechia maybe, but I don't know if they actually border each other. Let's take a look at it. I think it's, no, it's Czechia, I got I got myself way mixed up. It goes I always get these three mixed up as you kind of just these three countries, Czechia, Slovakia, and Hungary, I get those orders mixed up. It's kind of like Central Eastern Europe. So for the record, Czechia is highest up. I should remember that because Prague's on the Danube. Although I guess Budapest probably is too. This is not interesting. Uh but for the record, it goes Czechia, then Slovakia, Slovakia, then Hungary. So it's got to be Hungary at the bottom. I always get confused and think Hungary is further north, but it's not. Okay, so Slovakia is in the middle, then Hungary. So the borders, again, were... Uh, that was not my finest effort, getting the borders of Croatia. So Slovenia, Bosnia, and Herzegovina, Serbia, Montenegro, and Hungary. Okay, let's move on. Guess the capital of Croatia, which I know. It starts with a Z, Zagreb. And finally, oh, no, there's the flag. The flag of Croatia. Um, I think it's the, like, 
red, white, and blue one with the shield. Let's click on that. Yes, it is. So it's red on top, white in the middle, blue on the bottom with kind of this checkerboard looking red shield with some other fun things uh, on top of it. Um, and let's play the final round. I feel like I just know that because I've seen Croatia in the World Cup a lot the last two um, events because they've made it so far, the finals and then the uh, semifinals, which is pretty impressive. The estimated population of Croatia, we have 1 to 3 million, 3 to 6, 6 to 10, or 10 to 20. I'm going to guess 6 to 10 for Croatia. No, it was 3 to 6. Let's get the uh, the exact number here. This is not my best world old, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. You know, I'm not giving up. It's 3.899 million, so it wasn't particularly close. Um, and then finally, the currency used. Whenever I don't know, I guess the euro. That's not the case here because it's not one of the choices given. We have the kuna, the dinar, the kwanza, or the peso. Uh, peso is not right. Kwanza is a, a black and uh, recently invented African American holiday. The dinar does not sound Croatian. So let's guess the kuna. That is what it is. Rhymes with tuna. Okay, wordle time. You don't need to see a picture of the country to know uh, what's going on here. So, again, major spoilers if you haven't played yet today, Friday, January 20th. I, I'm going to start with trade, T-R-A-D-E. I have yellows on everything except for the D, which is black. Uh, so I have four of the five letters correct All right, uh, already. So let's go to rates. That is letter. all the letters in a new place. And uh, R&A still... Oh, this should be easy. R and A are still yellow, but T and E are right, and we got S is blacked out. So let's start with the A. Let's go after. And bingo, bingo. Oh no. I hate I hate when you get right down to it and you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna win this time. And it's just you have to make a gut call uh like after when it could be alter. A L T E R, that is what it is. Not alter like uh, you're going to Catholic church, but alter as in I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. And then finally, here, I don't even know. There's no good way to like explain Quirtle as we're playing it because it's just so dang. There, there's a lot going on here all at once. So let me just say that I'm already on my uh, fourth guess. I just got my first full word. And now we're going to get our second full word on guess five. And now we're going to, oh, I guessed moxie. And that wasn't right. I was, I got cute. Let's just put it that way. I got movie on guess six. And now I've got, uh, I guess that was, that was seven. I got it. Four, five, six was Moxie. Seven was movie. So I got two guesses to get this last word. We got one green so far. It's an N, but we also know that there's an E, an A, and an X, which you don't see often. It's got to be annex. Like, I'm annexing Nauru, said the Germans. Uh, so there we go. I got Cordal and eight, which is about as, uh, that. I mean, seven or eight, um, is good for me and nine is like okay i just survived because the way i play quirtle is just i just want to get it okay i don't really care how many guesses i just like the satisfaction of getting it so the way i do it is no matter what um i guess three words three starter words uh bing bing bong one two three and i don't i won't tell you what they are because i don't want you to steal my secrets uh but then i go from there uh so if it's one of those three words magically, then I would have one or two or potentially three. That would be the day uh, when we actually get down to it. But typically the guessing, like filling in words and stuff starts on guess four. Um, so that gives you what, five guesses, six guesses. Uh, yeah, six guesses to get four words right. So there's not, you know, it's not a huge margin for error. It's just that's how I like to approach it so that I instantly after three guesses, there are only 11 uncovered letters, uh, 11 letters that haven't been touched. You know, typically your V's, your X's, your Z's. Uh, I won't give away all of them or else you'll be able to know my words. Okay, let's get to what we actually wanted to talk about here, which is bathroom adventures. And this was just spawned a couple days ago. Um, I told Rachel, 
before she went to the gym and I started recording what I was going to be talking about. And she very looked a little concerned and said, is this, you know, in our bathroom? And I said, no, don't worry. Because, you know, typically there are, you know, adventures are fun often, but if it's a bathroom adventure, it's probably best suited to not take place inside your own home. And that's the case with with uh, these bathroom adventures I'm going to be sharing with you. Um, there's just basically there were a couple things that happened to me um, just this past week in a bathroom that made me think, you know what? I've got some tales to tell. Uh, I want the world to know about these two. And then I actually came up with another three um, recently, uh, the last day or so, that I just thought were you know part of my life that were worth sharing. So three of them are very recent. Two of them are, are older. Um, and there's not really a, it's not, they're not thematic other than they've all happened to me in a bathroom, not my own. So let's just go from... Uh, for most recent to oldest, uh, and what really spurred me to say we got to share this on the podcast. So I'm to give you a little bit of uh, just to set the scene in my daily life without going into any unnecessary details. Uh, my my typical habit when I'm in the office, which is traditionally Monday through Thursday, uh, eight thirty to four thirty, is to do my morning constitutional around mid mid morning. After I've had my coffee, that's just, I'm, I'm a once a day kind of guy, 24 hour cycle, uh, you know, like uh, uh, CNN and Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. Did he get fired from CNN? I can't remember whatever happened with all of that. I don't know. Not important. So typically what I'll do to be, so I, I work in a, in a, you know, what, 16, 17 story building. A college, but there's no bathroom on the first floor, which is where my office is. So anytime you want to go, number one, number two, or you know, just to slick your hair back, you got to go up at least to the second floor, which is what I'll do when I have to, you know, pee, right? Because it's just the fastest thing. Typically, take the stairs, um, or I might take the elevator upstairs down uh, if there's no one else using the elevators. But when I got to do my morning constitutional. I typically go to three, and the reason for that is two is a big hub for students, whereas three is mostly just staff uh, offices, and you don't see a ton of students just floating around. There are some, but not not as many. So uh, I'm a big fan of just you know let we got this you know 17 story building. Let's spread out as much as possible, and you know two is going to have uh, action. So I go to three for my uh, traditionally you'll see in uh, one or two adventures down uh, coming up here that that's not always the case um, which was a grave error on my part anyways grave is too strong a word so I, I'm in three the other day I go in the first stall because it's just like you know some people like to go all the way in the back to the handicapped stall no I'm just I'm a straight shooter let me just go right here. That gives me plenty of space. I'm not taking up the middle one, which is awkward if someone else comes in. So I just go in the first one. I'm I'm uh, just doing my normal business here. Uh, you know, do it. Scroll, scroll, scroll a little bit. Put the phone away and then, you know, take care of your stuff and go back to work. I'm literally sitting there. I hear the door open, which is like, okay, whatever. Usually when that happens, if someone's peeing, we just wait them out. If someone goes into a stall, then I'm like, okay, I feel for you. Let me take care of my stuff. I get out of here ASAP and I'll leave. I am not joking when I say I was scared, uh, I shitless, but there wasn't anything left. So you can't really be that. I start hearing some very heavy breathing and you can, you know, it's a, it's a small space. You can hear everything that's going on in terms of footsteps and breathing and someone sets, you know, their backpack down or whatever, like you can just hear all that stuff. Okay. And there's probably five stalls in this bathroom. So it's, it's not a small bathroom, but it's a, you know, confined space. So I just, you know, instantly I'm like not hearing footsteps. I'm just hearing heavy breathing. I'm thinking like a wildebeest would be a good apt comparison. Although I'm not familiar with wildebeest personally, but I, I imagine. And then you hear just one or two slow footsteps and the breathing is louder and i'll say this i don't know if this was good or bad you know it's the stalls where you can like see through the crack and usually i i can see through the crack 
but I had my cardigan hanging up, which was covering the crack, which is probably a good thing. I probably didn't want to see what was outside or be seen by what was outside. And I, now that I think of it, I don't recall seeing the feet, um, which is weird. I don't know if this was a ghost or what, but that heavy breathing must have been directly outside of my stall for what felt like an eternity. Realistically, I think it was at least 15 seconds, which is a long time when you're sitting there like checking behind your shoulder for the emergency button, which I don't recall if they have in the third floor stalls or not. But man, it was just like, you got to let me poop in peace. And then the footsteps go down the hall. So towards more of the stalls away from the entrance or exit. And I'm thinking like, okay, they're going to, they're going to pee. Are they going to take their constitutional? Uh, you know, what I do is going to be, uh, informed by what their plan is. Never enter a stall. Don't think there's any urination. They slowly lumber back out and leave. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, I just, you know, it's 1030 in the morning on a Wednesday or whatever it was. I'm just trying to poop in peace. Okay. I'm sorry if uh, this is your normal stall, your normal pooping time. All I can say is I'm usually up here around then. And uh, this is my stall and this is what I do. So I don't know. But I was freaky, man. I was spooked. I felt like I was in a horror film for a second. Uh, the second bathroom adventure that happened to me is is really less of an adventure, more just kind of a whimsical moment in time. Uh, whimsical is probably not the right word, though. So I'm going uh, second floor, going at the urinals, which are at the end of the stalls. So you got to walk past all the stalls to get to the urinals. And there's someone in this, the last stall. So I'm basically standing next to them. Uh, they, of course, have the door closed, and I'm urinating uh, in the urinal. And... Uh, just the one thing that you don't want to hear when you're doing that. Well, I didn't even think of this bathroom adventure, but we'll get to that in a second. So one of the things, uh, it's a it's a bonus bathroom adventure for you all listening. One of the things you don't want to hear is what I heard, which is a shutter sound, like the camera shutter sound on your phone as someone's in the stall. And you just got to ask yourself, or you know, this there's there's no way this ends well. It's either like a bathroom selfie, uh, a dick pic, it could be a crap chat, a shit pic. Um, I guess the only potential saving grace is like a screenshot. But even then, you know, it's like, are you getting Instagram or Snapchat thirst traps and you're uh, pleasuring yourself in the bathroom and you take a screenshot to save for later? Uh, when you go up to the third floor, maybe, do you do it in every floor? I don't want to know. Anyways, that happened to me this week as well. So those are the two things that really got me thinking. I got to share some bathroom adventures. Um, and the other, <laughs> the bonus one, is there's two uh, shower-related ones that are less uh, involved, I guess, less about peeing and pooping and more just about things that happen in the shower. Uh, but one bonus one I wanted to mention, a, a shout out to uh, Mr. Dahl, D-A-H-L. In fact, I don't even, David, I think was his first name, David Dahl, that sounds right. A homeschool dad of two daughters, a uh, just, I don't really know how to describe David Dahl, kind of a weirdo, like tall, thin, older, you know, he's probably like white, you know, mid to late 50s. Um, glad, you know, just kind of like a, a, an outgoing guy, but very quirky and, you know, obviously like a very like white conservative Christian kind of guy. Uh, but one time there, there's this bathroom at the old temple Baptist church, which is where our school was run out of. And, uh, it was just a bathroom that just had one urinal and two stalls, I think. Um, and I remember being in there one time peeing and, uh, in the stall, I think. And David walks in. He always had a, maybe not always, but this time he had a Bluetooth, which was a relatively new technology at that point. And he's talking on the phone and uh, talking on the phone as he's urinating. All I could hear from outside, again, I can't see him inside this stall with the door closed, is 
um, you know, hang on a second. And then he lets out a big, rips a big fart and uh, goes back to talking, zips up and doesn't wash his hands and leaves. And, you know, I don't really have any like deeper, further reflections on that. It just sort of happened. And I just, you know, little, I was probably like 13 year old Quinn is just like, all right, well, that happened. I knew it was David Dahl just from his voice. And uh, I it got a just a full frontal view of that, an audio view of that, if you will. So two other bathroom adventures here before we say thanks to our sponsors and get to our last point of the day here. Um, two shower things that I thought of recently as I was taking the shower after my workout uh, just about an hour ago. Uh, the, the more recent one is just kind of... Uh, it's just one of those embarrassing things. So to, so to set the scene very ever so briefly, excuse me, Diet Coke's coming back up. Um, speaking of the Diet Coke, there's actually something else not related to bathrooms or the second thing I wanted to talk about today that I just had to mention. Um, so don't let me forget. I've got it in my phones. Uh, I came prepared today. A lot of notes in my phone. I'm proud of myself. But I was, around the time I was, Wrapping up my my time living in Baltimore, getting ready to move back to Chicago, I was involved. It's not a relationship. Let's just say I was involved with this uh, woman who was maybe like two or three years older than me. I don't know. Um, who had been in my master's program right before I was in it, and I don't recall how we ever got connected or got to know each other. And I certainly don't have any recollection of like how we went from just never even knowing each other really in real life to like, I guess we, we went on a couple like recruitment, like dual recruitment trips together, not full trips, but like we, we did an event together in uh, Louisville, Kentucky one time, right by Churchill Downs. Uh, anyways, ended up like getting involved. And one of the time we went to a wedding together in Chicago, this must've been like late winter, early spring of 2019. Uh, so I guess one year into the Beantown podcast, um, I was staying at her house, which she lived with her dad, a divorced dad who lived in like a very rich, affluent, white northern suburb, you know, think like uh, Highland Park area, something like that. And I was taking a shower in the morning and in the shower. So again, in this house, it's like me, this woman. And her dad, who I don't know at all. And I don't remember if she was gone or what. Maybe she was there. I really can't recall. But as I'm taking the shower, I'm like trying to turn it off and the handle just swivels. A full 360 moves all the way around, doesn't change the water uh, coming out, the temperature at all. So I had managed to turn the shower on somehow, but I couldn't turn it off. So you just got running water. Of course, it's draining and everything, so everything's okay. It's just racking up your water bill. And so I had to do like a non-sexual walk of shame. And I don't recall if this was to um, her or her dad. It was certainly awkward either way. But I had to be like, hey, I promise I'm not a like a weirdo home demolition Ty Pennington type, but the shower is not going to turn off, and I don't have any tools or anything I don't know like – uh, we probably just need to take the handle off. Maybe a part is loose. It's not gripping the uh, gear or whatever, but I don't, obviously it got fixed or maybe, you know, four years later, the water is still running to this day. I don't know who, who's to say, but that was just kind of, uh, I felt it's one of those weird things where it's like, you know, or, or like if you're at someone's house and you know, you pee and the toilet won't flush and it's like, this is embarrassing to a certain degree, I'm not like crazy self-conscious about it, but embarrassing to a certain degree to have to like tell someone about it. But it's like, I promise I didn't do anything weird. Like this was a ticking time bomb. The last one here involves good friend of the show, Matt Fiedler. I spent a lot of time at the Fiedler's house, sleepovers, uh, spent a lot of time there on Sundays, my senior of high school for, uh, uh, because I worked up there. But one time, this this was a kind of an iconic story in their household, I think, growing up, or at least it was for Matt. Um, went down into their basement, which was mostly finished, 
I guess like partially finished is how you would characterize that type of basement. And a very, very newly, I don't know if it was just straight up created or remodeled bathroom. It, it was a house they had built, uh, Tom Fiedler with his blood, sweat and tears. And the bathroom was like brand new, something like that. So I go down, I take a shower in the morning and I don't, Matthew would know the exact what happened um, because he's got a better memory of this sort of stuff than I clearly do. I don't recall if there just wasn't any hot water or if the, you know, the, the hot and the cold was mixed up, which from what I recall, that's what it was. But then it makes me sound like a dumbass because it's like, well, why wouldn't you just try the other way? But I took a super cold shower in the uh, Fiedler's basement. And that's just another another bathroom adventure I thought I'd share with you because it uh, there's nothing about the individual story that is you know so crazy 15 years later or whatever, but uh, it was... It was a fun story uh, amongst the group for a long time uh, as we grew up. So anyways, I wanted to cap off our bathroom adventures before I share with you my um, Coke-related story here from our sponsors and finish up with our our semi-big ideas thing with a trivia question. And I thought, I was thinking, you know, I, I love trivia. We've already talked about trivia today on the show. I'm hoping this year to be better about given you a solid Final Jeopardy kind of-esque, but with my own twing on it. I don't think twing is really a word, T-W-I-N-G. Don't use that on your next wordle. They probably won't accept it. Twine, maybe, or twigs, but twing could be tough. Uh, I want to give you like a good solid trivia question each week, and you can respond. You can uh, you can tweet at us, guys at BeantownCast, or I'm at White Buns with a Z. If you go do follow, if you do go follow me on Twitter, it's almost all sports related stuff. And shout out to DePaul men's basketball taking down number eight in the nation, Xavier, on uh, whenever that was Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Just a, a kick ass performance. I mean, they they took the lead with like three or four minutes left in the first half and they never relinquished it. Uh, it, you know, they didn't have to do like crazy circus shots. Xavier missed a lot of shots they probably could have made, but you know, they, DePaul just hung in there. Clearly, uh, you know, Xavier, clearly the more talented team, but we just never gave up. And, uh, what, you know, what you love to see about your team, you get down to, you know, there's two minutes left, you're going back and forth, they go up by so they and we did give up the lead because they would have like a one point lead at times, but like they'll go up by one, we go up by one. But you never, you don't panic. You just you keep playing solid defense, and that's the best you can do. And that's what we did. It was awesome. Um, but the trivia question, okay, I'm gonna try to give you one every week, and you can uh, tweet at us, which is how we got off on that tangent. You can email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, it's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Let us know your answer, or you can just call me up and tell me, uh, 815-298-7200. Here's your trivia question. Although the first patent, and it's related to what we've just been talking about, although the first patent for one would not appear until 1775, the first ever flush toilet was originally conceptualized in the 16th century by the godson of this monarch. So once more, it's a little bit wordy, but I'm really what the nugget we're digging for is at the end. Although the first patent for one would not appear until 1775, so the first patent for a flush toilet, uh, the uh, first ever flush toilet was conceptualized. C-O-N-C-E-P-T-U-A-L-I-Z-E-D in the 16th century, and I'll tell you it's the late 16th century, by the godson of this monarch. So any uh, knowledge you have of toilets and indoor plumbing is probably not going to help you. You probably just need to be able to go um, think who would be a, a monarch, presumably in the Western world, European uh in uh, the late 16th century. So if you uh, are still thinking, you're deliberating, and you want to pause, go for it, but I'm going to go ahead and reveal the answer. Uh, that would be no one other than the godson of Queen Elizabeth I. Yes, in uh, England there, her godson. So not her grandson, her godson had this cool drawing. I saw it online. It was awesome. 
of the first ever flush toilet, but it took a long time, uh, according to history.com, for it to actually come to fruition, which is crazy that someone would have an idea like that, and then it would be literally like 200 years later, between 1596 and 1775, for it actually to, to happen. Anyways, there you go. There's a, a trivia question for you. Uh, one other thing is my Coke is dwindling here. My Diet Coke, I wanted to mention, I'm riding. It's just weird. I'm just going to say it and keep moving. <laughs> and then I, I got some feedback on this, actually, because I sent a Snapchat. So I'm riding up the escalator yesterday morning out of the Jackson Red Line to the street, and I'm behind a girl who has a backpack, and on either side, you know, you got the sort of pockets for you know, your, your travel mugs or whatever. So in one pocket, she has her, um, her, a, uh, a like half gallon of half and half, not the tiny little guy, like a tall boy. Okay. The other one, she's got a can of diet Coke and I sent a Snapchat and I was just like, uh, I don't actually even remember what I said, but I got feedback and I did some Googling on this when I got to my office. Um, a, a, like a creamy, creamy Coke. Actually, what I saw was a creamy Pepsi, so it wasn't a creamy Diet Coke. But, and I got, I heard back from one or two people who said, "Yeah, I've done that before," and I was just, I wouldn't say floored because the more th- I thought about it, I was like, "Okay, if I poured some half and half into like a vanilla Coke or something like that, just a splash." But I could see that being almost like a, you know, similar style uh, of like a root beer float, for example. But in my mind, I'm just thinking like equal parts, uh, which sounds just obviously I don't think people would do that. But that was what I, you know, it's it's 8.15 in the morning and you see the Coke and the half and half and you're just thinking, wow, that is uh, that's wild, man. Um, I wanted to say uh, thank you to our sponsors. Home prior to working, when you need your home inspector in Central Oregon, you got to call the expert, someone safe, certified, someone you can trust. Call Steve at 541-410-0316 or go to homepriororegon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316 or go to homepriororegon.com. Uh, home prior to Oregon inspection perfection. I just thought of something else I wanted to mention. Uh, two things, actually. Uh, also, our good friends, the Samson Q2U series, when you need... Uh, voice of an angel, of a god, really, a golden god. Call uh, Samson. Uh, I don't have a number because they're like a shell company or something. I don't really understand how it works. Anyways, you can email us, cutsbyq at yahoo.com. We're not even talking about cutsbyq. We're combining the ad reads, people. This is how you maximize efficiency in the 21st century workforce. Call uh, 815-298-7200, ask for Q, or you can go to beantownpockets.com slash cuts dash buy dash Q, or you can uh, Google the Samson Q2U series, because uh, when God speaks, he uses a Samson, and when God gets a haircut, he goes to cuts by Q. There you go. We just successfully merged inadvertently our two ad reads here. We throw a home part organ in there. We got a menage a trois, baby. Okay, two things I wanted to mention here before we get to our final point. And I apologize. We could probably stretch this out into a second episode, but we're not going to because we got our Alabama episode next week. I am traveling, leaving Monday morning, flying to Atlanta, working in Atlanta uh, Monday, but then driving to Tuscaloosa, actually uh, uh, Birmingham probably, working in Tuscaloosa Tuesday. Then I'm staying in Montgomery, which I've never been to. Uh, working at Auburn and working at Tuskegee, and I'm flying back home Friday morning. So, a lot of Alabama time. But I'm excited. I'm staying two nights in uh, Montgomery, and I've never been there. Uh, Not that I'm planning to have much free time to do civil rights-related things, but it is what it is. That will just leave Huntsville as the last kind of major metro in Alabama I've never really experienced. But I've heard Huntsville is, like, the cool one to, to go at, especially if you're into space. NASA rockets. Um, I wanted to uh, say, Rip, rest in peace to Al. Stupid garage band getting at me right in the middle of my Al Brown tribute. Portrayed Frank Sabatka, introduced in season two, I believe, of The Wire. Um, one of he comes into big conflict, which uh, kind of spurs everything going on. He's really uh, the, the plot of season two of The Wire does not happen without Stan Belichick. And I just said that he uh, played Frank Sabatka. That's completely wrong. He says Frank Sabatka a lot, uh, Chris Bauer's character, but he's portrayed by Stan Valchek, a great Polish cop. 
that was embarrassing for me. I mean, I said he is one of my favorite characters, and then I said his name, and that wasn't even right. So rest in peace, Al Brown. Uh, love your character. He plays uh, Presbaluski's father-in-law. And then uh, just wanted to, to uh, say I hope everyone had a good MLK Day this past Monday. I was able to go to the uh, uh, Bird Sanctuary and Pier and Beach, Montrose Beach, and pick up trash. I, I ran out there. Had a full or uh, had a completely brand new trash bag, filled it up to the brim. Let's see, what did I pick up? There was a lot of Modelo, I guess, is the drink of choice out there. And then uh, a lot of like Heinekens, and then just a ton of cigarette butts, a lot of just loose paper, plastic bags, um, like cardboard, uh, not cardboard, but like paper box, uh, carry out boxes, I guess. Um, and then a woman's thong. That was a good one. Unfortunately, with the bird sanctuary, it is known as a, a gay hookup spot. So a lot of condoms, a lot of like lube, uh, bottles, wrappers, whatever. Um, but it was, you know, I was out there for like two hours. It was raining. It was windy. It was tough, but I did it. Uh, and I just wanted to say I hope that you were able to do uh carve out some time either on MLK day or whenever you get the chance, I would encourage you in the next month to carve out an hour or two of your day, find a way to give back to your community. It can be picking up trash, which I just did out of default because it was something I can do anytime, anywhere. Um, but I know there was, there was like an organized soup kitchen thing down on the South side. I was, I really wanted to go to cause they were actually building the soup kitchen, um, and then handing out meals, but it was like an hour 15 on public transportation. And I was just like, I, just do not want to spend two and a half hours out of my uh, day off just getting to where I'm trying to go. Uh, so you you know go do whatever you want to do. You can clean up a river. You can uh, build a soup kitchen. You can read to kids. I, I taught uh, some kids at a local church some piano lessons a couple summers ago. So there's a lot of great ways to give back to your community. It can be organized. It can be unorganized. It can be whatever. Uh, but I would encourage you to do that. And when you get the chance, uh, and I encourage you to carve out time for it too. Don't just wait around and say, yeah, someday when I have more time, like make it happen. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention here, and I think let's, let's just, you know what I'm going to do? We're going to leave this as a teaser or a cliffhanger. And it's not really that way. It's uh, more of a call to action, but I'm going to save my ideas for the next show because frankly, we're down to 30%. Uh, we're at 48, 49 minutes. And uh, if I actually like did this the right way, it would uh, we would completely run out of time. So here's what I wanted to say. I was at uh, Jewel Osco just about two hours ago, and um, I am you know checking out. And as you check out, you go past, and a lot of grocery stores have this, some, you know, different machines. There's places that will count your coins. There's a place where you can get your propane tanks, a uh, place to get your key replicated, uh, you know, all sorts of, uh, you know, you fill up your water jug, whatever. So that got me thinking, what are some other kind of small business innovation ideas we could put near the checkouts at these grocery stores or these 7-Elevens or these Walgreens, CVSs, uh, Rite Aids, Wall Drugs, whatever, that could bring in the dollars for the Beantown podcast. They can be Beantown branded. So I've got a couple ideas, and I was going to share those with you and then maybe improv up a couple more. But let's just end there, and let's say, hey, if you got some ideas, because I have, I have, let's see, one, two, three four written down so far, but I'm going to give myself a full week to think of some more. And this will be, uh, on top of our Alabama show next week. Uh, this will be, be what we talk about. So there's your call to action. Let us know what's your idea. It could be anything. Um, but as a reminder, we're talking about those machines, just generic, generally like where you got to count your coins, uh, or you need your, your key, uh, to be, um, you know, remade or, or copied is the word I'm looking for. So send us your ideas, Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's Podcast at yahoo.com, and let us know what you're thinking. We would love to hear from you. I'm going to be sharing some ideas on next week's show. That's what I have for you. 
Uh, I mentioned it was going to be sleek, fast, efficient, just like me. And uh, we went 50 plus minutes, but I think there was a lot, a lot of meat on that uh, episode. So I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, as a reminder, we got our Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser coming up coming in about a month here. I got to start planning that. Uh, maybe, maybe on the flight. I got to look into those stickers, which I mentioned we were going to do. The good news is the stickers, if they come to fruition, F R U I T. I-O-N, would go out with the thank you, so we wouldn't need them live on air. So I bought myself a little, little bit of time. But, uh, yeah, we'll plan that out. It's always a great late February episode. Um, we'll just have to avoid our anniversary, which is February 22nd. I think we're going away the weekend before that. Maybe Galena. I've got Airbnb's top Galena places to stay in vacation as a tab open on my computer right now. We got to look at that later. Uh, That's what I have for you. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll come back with you next week with some of our ideas to put in those stores and uh, our Alabama round three. I hope that you are having a good time. Uh, Enjoy these warmer days in January, which is crazy. And uh, spring will be here before you know it. Guys, stay safe, stay sane, and I'll check in on you next time. Bye. Bye.